prepared for marketing. Welcome to The Technical Marketer, where marketers become engineers. I'm Matt Landers. And I'm Will Johnston. All right. We're really excited to get back with you guys today about the campaign that we ran last week. It was the first time that we've ever done a lead magnet where we're trying to collect people's email mm -hmm. addresses as part of uh, the things that we've been doing for The Technical Marketer. But first, let's jump into our topic of the week or theme of the week or news report, whatever it is. We need to brand that probably. Uh, so a recent article in Market Week talked about uh, should all marketers be coders? And this really hits home with us. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why we started this podcast is yeah. that marketing is becoming so technical and we are coders. That was our background and we became marketers and now we're trying to help marketers get more technical. So. What would you say to this? I think that uh, maybe it's a, a stretch from my point of view to say all marketers need to know how to code. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps. Uh, I think if you're in a large organization, and this article talks about this, a lot of large organizations can afford large teams, and so they can have you know, the creative person, the developer, the designer, all of that, and they can combine it to have your you know, quintessential right. marketing team. But if you're a small business, you really need people who can wear multiple hats. So, yeah. So if you can't afford to have a developer, yeah, and the marketer and the designer, you got to start combining somewhere. And keep in mind, we're not talking about you know in-depth coding. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You need to know basic HTML5, CSS helps, maybe a little bit of JavaScript, but not really that much. Right. Yeah. You're not going out and creating a whole software platform, but you need to yeah. be able to know how to connect different tools together. Yeah, or like get into a website and poke around a little bit. Right. So we'd love to know what you think about that. And I don't know how many people out there would say that they know how to code versus they dabble in it a little bit. Uh, the, people that are marketers, but the article, the article surveyed uh, around 200 people, and it was 25% of them said that you need coding experience, and 75% said you didn't. Uh, it's hard to say, you know, whether that's an accurate survey or not. <clears throat> I mean, you have potentially stodgy, old-timey marketers who do not necessarily want to learn how to code and are very resistant to change. Uh, but definitely with digital marketing, you need to know something. You, yeah, have you need to at, least, at least understand it. Yeah, you have to at least understand it because you're going to be using a ton of tools and you have to know what each tool is doing. Right. If you go use Zapier, for instance, which a lot of marketers use to connect different tools together, you need to know what's happening there. Mm -hmm. This data is being pushed to this other system and you need yeah, to accept and, it. Well, and when you're setting up Zapier, for instance, you have to test certain stages so that Zapier can know what data is coming in. And you have to know, like, okay, this is what's, what I need to do to trigger this and different things like yeah, that. This is what a JSON object looks like. Mm -hmm. This is what a post looks like. Yeah. So I think that it's definitely becoming more technical. Maybe we're not quite there yet where everybody needs to. But I think that with the way education's going and coding's becoming more a part of core curriculum, that, mm -hmm. that we may just have it where all marketers do know how to code one day. But wouldn't say that we're quite there yet. <laughs> So let's dig into our campaign results. This is my favorite part of the week because we get to kind of get into the numbers and the analytics of what we did. So last week we created a lead magnet, which was our Facebook audience guide and checklist. So what it did, it's a three to four page um, PDF document that also has a printable page on it to help you 
go in and build out your customer profiles of, of the way that Facebook looks at them so that you think about that before you just enter the Facebook tool and start poking around. So you, we want to make sure that you're thinking these things through before you start creating your audiences because the audiences are the key to your marketing success. These are the hardest things that you'll do whenever you're creating them and making sure that you're thinking about all the things that go into creating an audience is really important. So yeah, you can't just dive into Facebook and create the perfect audience. It takes a lot of planning. Yeah, you got to think about your customer. So that's what this is really about. Make you think about your customer. What are their desires? What do they want? What do they read? What do they watch? Those kind of things are really important. So this is the lead magnet that we created. Uh, and the lead magnet is just a PDF document, right? So we created it. It's got good content that I think that everybody can take advantage of. And then the way that we were going to collect email addresses is that we created an ad, and that ran on Facebook. Uh, it's really not the best ad. I created it myself, no designer. It's pretty horrible. Uh, but it ran only to our remarketing audience, so only people that have seen the technical market before. So nobody got it that had no idea who we were. Uh, a lot of you watching this right now probably saw that ad. Um, and then when they clicked it, they went to a landing page, which we use Unbounce for landing pages. So a landing page isn't necessarily your website. It can just be these tools like Unbounce and Lead Pages and Instapage. There's a lot of different uh, landing page tools out there. We used Unbounce. Uh, and we chose a template, filled it out, said the value that there was in the lead magnet, and it has a small form on it, just name and email address. When you fill it out, it fires a webhook, which is a webhook just fires the data that was put into that form and pushes it somewhere else. So the webhook that we hooked up was to Drip. Drip accepted that data, created a new subscriber and a campaign that we created, and Drip is our email automation platform. Whenever it got in there, it would automatically send that user an email that had a link in it to go download the lead magnet. So, <laughs> real simple. Yeah, <laughs> just a very simple campaign. But this is where the technical part of technical marketing comes in, is that it's not that simple. It actually took a while to get it all set up. And not only that, you've only scratched the surface. I mean, in Unbounce, uh, you have to, since we were using Unbounce, it wasn't on our website. If you go to the technicalmarketer.com, we have Google Tag Manager set up. Uh, we're using various different <clears throat> tools to track users. But once we create the Unbounce page, there's none of that. So you have to make sure you set that up in Unbounce, which you can do that. And you have to make sure, well, it's recommended that you set up a custom domain for your Unbounce page. Otherwise, when you go and run your ad on Facebook, the URL that everyone sees is Unbounce Pages. Right. All right, I got this ad from the technical marketer, but I'm going to go to Unbounce Pages. Doesn't yeah. seem very legit. Yeah, no. <laughs> so if you use your own domain, it can be a subdomain off of your right. uh, main domain, but it just creates more authenticity for your site and right. makes it easier for somebody to say, oh, this is actually the technical marketer. Yeah, and since we do use Google Tag Manager, which if you don't know what that is, you should definitely go out on the blog and read about it, but it will save you a lot of time in hooking up a lot of the JavaScript and things that you put onto your site. So I used Google Tag Manager in the Unbounce page. So whenever you do that, you want to make sure that you have it set up correctly for that page. And what I didn't have at first is whenever you went to the landing page, our drip form would pop up too. So we had the form on the landing page and this drip form that was popping up. So I had to add some exclusions to the Google Tag Manager to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah, and this is a guy who considers himself a technologist. <laughs> 
And it, it takes some thinking about to make that happen. I mean, you have to really go and test it out, make sure it's working. The lead wasn't firing in Facebook Pixel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really complicated. And I'm going to put a complete descriptive blog post on how we did this, exactly step-by-step implementation guide so that you can do it for your lead magnets and that you'll follow the steps and not make some of the mistakes that we made in the beginning. So let's get into the results. So yeah. we created this lead magnet. Uh, we ran some ads. We actually only ran because of the time it took to get it all set up. A $35 campaign. So it's really, <laughs> really small campaign. So a lot of people would think, I've done $50 campaigns, 100 and I never got an email address. I never got a lead. Well, we got eight leads for $35. It was a mm-hmm. $4 per lead. And that's because... The, the way that we've done this and progressed throughout the way that we've set it up is that we're not sending this to people who have never heard of us before. These people have interactions with us. They've watched this video. They've watched, uh, they've read blog posts or whatever it might be. So this wasn't the first time they heard from us. Yeah, and so they, not only do they know that we're trying to produce quality content for them, they know us, they know our brand, and they actually, you know, it turns out that they want to learn <clears throat> about how to create an audience. Yeah, so we had a... 35% conversion rate on the landing page. So once they clicked the ad and got there, 35% of the people that got to the landing page gave us their email address and downloaded the guide. That's a really good number to have on that page. And that's with me creating the ad. I'm not a designer. No. Uh, and the landing page is a very simple minimal. Yeah, minimalist it's just a default page. template. <laughs> yeah. You just don't yeah. even edit. Yeah, I mean, we put our logo much. on there and yeah. then changed some words, and that was <laughs> it. And it still yeah. works. But this is where the the creative and technical kind of butt heads where it's like you don't have to do all of this creative work up front to get a marketing campaign that'll work you just need to get out there test your message if your message is right then the creative becomes less important and really it's i mean it's highly analytical so you don't need to spend a ton of time on the creative you want to spend time analyzing the campaign and using creative thought to change things when they're you know, our issues. Yeah, once we know that we're getting 35% now, think about where it's going to be. While now I have the designer working on the ad, we're going to spruce up the lead magnet itself and the landing page. It's only going to convert better. It's not going to convert worse the more creative we do. It's only going to convert better. But Mm -hmm. if you can't convert based on your message and the value that you're giving to your users and your customers, based on just the message alone and not your creative, your creative won't sell it. You have to have value in your messaging. And that's why we were able to convert people, and that's what you have to do with your messaging, too, is figure out what is my message that makes somebody take an action on what it is. And there are a lot of people watching this right now that have spent a lot of money on Facebook and gotten no results, and that's why they wanted to get this uh, lead magnet to see if it could help them. Well, and so what are some metrics that you can get from Facebook that you want to use to assess whether your ad's working, whether your landing page is converting, those things? Yeah, so I created a, an ad, and in that ad, you want to see what is my click-through rate. So how many, and click-through rate is how many people have to see my ad before they actually click it and get to the landing page. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we want to know, out of all those people that clicked it, how many actually filled out the form to give us their information. Um, and then if you're monitoring those rates and you can continue to improve them over time by modifying your message and tweaking it, and you can do A-B testing, and that's what we're going to do on this one over the next few weeks and just see how good we can make it perform. Yeah, so the basics would be, you know, your click-through rate is going to tell you, is my ad effective? 
And then your conversion rate is going to tell you, is my landing page effective? Right. And that's how you know if my conversion rate, if it's costing me a ton per conversion, then I can tweak my uh, landing page and maybe get a better result. Right. If, it's, if I'm not getting any conversion or any clicks, then that's a problem with my ad. Maybe right. I need to change the image or change the wording or whatever. And if nothing works, then maybe it's just your message and the value in your product isn't something that can resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Which that's or your audience. Worst case wrong. scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If your audience is wrong, hopefully you'll at least get some clicks. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's get into some of our other campaigns we've been running. We have a podcast view campaign. So I set this up really interestingly that we can't do it forever. But basically what happens is we have a cold traffic audience that we run people who have never heard of us before. They've never seen a video, never interacted with our Facebook page. They've never been to our website, nothing. And then we send them to the first podcast video that we started. Mm -hmm. And then I have a remarketing audience that sends things to only people who have seen the first video, the second video, and then only people who have seen the first and second video, the third video. (laughs) So so they have to see every video before they get to the third one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wanted to try this out and see what happened. And the results are pretty crazy. So the, the, the length of time that people watched the podcast from the cold they'd never heard of us to that third video that we had last week was a 23% increase in watch time. Mm-hmm. And for the second one is 10%. So as they watched us more and more, they watched more and more of the video. And, I, and that's because they're getting more comfortable with us, they're getting more trustworthy, that we're giving you information that's valuable. Uh, and then the other campaign that we've had running since the beginning is our Page Light campaign. Uh, we were running this to try to get to 1,000 likes on the Facebook page, which we hit this week. Thank you, everybody, for doing <laughs> that. Uh, we hit 1,000 likes at $1.07 per like. So we spent roughly $1,000. We got 998 page likes. Some of those were organic. They weren't part of that. Uh, but we were up to like uh, 1,100 likes now. So that's awesome. Uh, another interesting statistic, we're up to about 100,000 views of our podcast. Yeah, 100,000 <laughs> views. Yeah. And we spent less than $2,000 on marketing since we did this four weeks ago. So you really, on Facebook, you don't have to spend a lot to have this broad, massive reach that you want to get and really get people engaged in what you're doing. You just have to be methodical about it and intentful about it. And I don't think that that, I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> I'm using it. <laughs> but if you think about what you're doing and you put your campaigns together right, you will get the results you're looking for if you just continuously do it in a consistent way. Yeah. All right, Will, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> That's my favorite part, though. The campaign results are awesome. I really yep. love seeing how the things that we're doing are affecting our audience and seeing you guys get more engaged is amazing. So what are we going to do this week to just continue that trend? Well, this week we're going to focus on content amplification. So, so far on our uh, blog, we haven't really driven any traffic to posts. I think we tried one post, but we didn't spend a ton of money or anything. But what we want to demonstrate is how you really need to amplify your posts to get them get the word out there. You can't just go create a blog, write some content, post it, and then hope that people will <laughs> go there. I mean, the best case scenario, you're going to get your parents and you know a couple friends to read them. Yeah, posts. I see this so often, especially with companies where they don't even have content that organically with the people they know is going to do any good anyways. Right? Yeah. It, they have a very niche business they're in or something. They're writing a 
blog about you know that very technical thing that they're doing and they just put it out there and then they think that that's going to do something yeah i mean you it's really important that you drive traffic to your website and drive traffic to the blogs and find the right audience for specific blogs if you have multiple different avenues multiple different products that you can do uh the other thing is if you have a post that is doing really well with organic traffic it can only be enhanced through content amplification right. and it's going to do really well it will have a great click-through rate and maybe that's a post that you might want to put a lead magnet on or something like that exactly so tell us just break down what content amplification actually is for those of the people that don't know what that means okay so content amplification would be using a blog post as an ad mm -hmm. so uh maybe we have a facebook um, profile we share a post on Facebook and then we say boost this post uh, that would be one way of content amplification and when you boost a post on Facebook it's very similar to running an ad you can choose your audience you can set a budget and then uh, send them to the blog post yeah if you want and if you want to get really fancy schmancy about it you can go into the ads manager and choose an existing post if you choose a post engagement and it will actually the likes and shares and everything will show up on that post on your page and sometimes but be careful with that well, yes, but sometimes this can be just the start of a campaign. So you can send somebody to a blog post. Then you can say, okay, if somebody read the blog post, now I want to have them watch this video. And then if they watch this video, I want to send them to a landing page to get a lead magnet, or I want to send them an offer for a product that I have. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we talk about marketing, we talk about the story that we're trying to tell with our customers. But... Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about it from a technical perspective, you really need to think about it of the sequencing that people are going to get information from you. Because you don't want to get something that needs to be told further in the story first mm -hmm. if they need to be set up. And that's where I think content amplification it's, is huge. Well, it's sequencing and timing. You need to get in front of them at the right time. And you need to not, like, if you're going to start a campaign, I don't want to send people to the blog and then nine months from now <laughs> have them go to a landing page and try to fill something out. Yeah, like we're trying to build up this pixel audience. Yeah. No, you no. need to follow them right away. <laughs> but, yeah, just being able to tell that story. And when you put, when you do content amplification, too, it doesn't come across to the people that you're pushing it to. It's basically an ad, right? It's an ad that you're paying for for people to see. But it's just a blog post. It's not an ad. There's no discount associated. There's no offer yeah, that you're saying. It's not so, a hard sell. Yeah, it's just like, hey, here's a blog that I wrote that I think could be valuable to my audience. Check it out. And then as you get further down and they get value, if they get value out of that blog that you wrote, and then you give them a lead magnet, and then you get further down, they're going to buy from you the more value they get along that way. So you want to make sure that you're not just constantly putting offers in front of people and you're creating some type of value equity that you're building up in them yeah so another thing that we can do with content amplification is segmentation so if you have a business where you have multiple types of products where you sell to different profiles of customers so you may have one product that you sell to single moms and you may have one that you sell to you know single family homes and if you have that then you're going to want to segment those audiences because those two products are totally different so if you run, uh, if somebody comes to your website and hits a blog post towards one of those audiences, you can amplify that content, uh, other pieces of content related to that product or profile, and then get that particular group down a further 
uh, track. Well, a good example of this is J.P. Morgan's website. So J.P. Morgan's a bank, but their website is almost entirely blog articles. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost nothing else. And if you go to the blog articles and you actually look at the URLs that they have, they have different types of blog articles. They have a specific piece in the URL that's like, is this business? Is this uh, consumer? What, are, what am I looking for? So that way they can segment their audience based on a piece of the URL that people have hit. So right. they can have multiple articles written about uh, business banking and they can retarget people who have read any of their business banking articles. Right. On Instead Facebook. of sending that same person, just because they came to your website, you may not want to send them a consumer product. Yeah. You may want to send them business. So you want to make sure that the, whatever the person coming to your website is interested in, that you're following up with them with your retargeting with things that they're con currently thinking about. And that's how you stay in front of them for the right reasons. That's segmentation, which we probably should do an entire <laughs> podcast on yeah. segmentation. We actually, there is a post on segmentation, so you can read that on our blog. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't write that one. I wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, uh, it's questionable content. <laughs> No, so this week what we're going to do is really start, we were, we've done a little bit of this where we've, po we've promoted a blog post, but not to the full effect. So what we're going to do, and this is a challenge for me, I guess, since I'm the one <laughs> kind of like manning up these campaigns, but I'm going to take every blog post that we have on the site, put it in one campaign, mm -hmm. one ad set, but all 30 blogs or whatever it is, and we're going to see which one wins out this week. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see. Who's the best writer? Who's writing the content that is really uh, relevant to the most people? So it's going to be fun. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's our producer back here, Kira. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't maybe. been on here yet. If, if she wins, we're going to have to bring her on here. Yeah, we'll have to, you know. <laughs> introduce her to the audience. Celebratory shot or something like that. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, we're really excited to see what happens this week. And thanks for joining us. Uh, be looking on, out for that blog post about how to set up your campaign for a lead magnet and get them through the whole that funnel from unbounced to drip and then the email to get them to it. That's really important. It's a really effective way to collect email addresses and leads. And we'll show you exactly how we did it. I'll give you screenshots and everything and give you a step-by-step -step tutorial for that. So that's going to be on the blog. And then we're going to be pushing all of our blog posts through an amplification channel, and we'll obviously be running our uh, podcast views, seeing what we have, and see if we can get an even better result from that 23% that uh, we got this week. So Sweet. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back uh, next Thursday for another live podcast. <laughs>